Confessions of a Crappy Christian is powered by the Converge Podcast Network. Welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Crappy Christian. I am your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids, and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. episode is with author and speaker and general fantastic human being Hannah Bruncher. We are technically talking about her new book that comes out this week, Fighting Forward, but it honestly ends up just being a really candid and honest conversation between two friends about lies that we believe, about friendship, about balance, social media. It just kind of encompassed all the things that both of us are passionate about, but allowed us to really dive in on these topics. And I really loved getting to just chat with my friend Hannah and let y'all listen to it. Hannah, hey, welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian. Or should I say welcome back to Confessions of a Crappy Christian? I'm so excited to be back. Are like you're my second repeat guest that's it literally i've had gary thomas on twice and now i've had hannah brencher on twice oh i am honored girl thank you for bringing me back to the podcast (laughs) well and we were talking a little bit before we started recording and i feel like i just have to like acknowledge it you were in the first 15 maybe 20 episodes that came out and we were talking, I was like, I don't even know if I had a media kit. And you were like, no, no, you had a media kit, but that <laughs> was it. it. Right. Like I, you took a chance on like a little baby show that had no clout. I remember you reaching out. I remember it. And I remember too, just being struck by the name. Cause I was like, that's bold. Like, <laughs> but at the same time, like I think like, I just felt like from the beginning, you were just ready to like come on the scene and just like call it where you saw it, you know? And I, and I, that's where it's like, you and I have always feel like we're like kindred spirits. Like we come together and it's like, no time has been lost. Let's chat like we're old friends. And that's such a pleasure when you meet people like that, you know? I mean, when we got on this call, we both were kind of twilight zoney oh my gosh we've done this before but it was two years ago it was just crazy everything else has just been instagram conversations in between but i'm so excited to have you on because you have a new book coming out and oh my gosh it is like it's everything that we need and i called you this before we started recording the lie breaker of the internet fighting forward your nitty-gritty guide to beating the lies that hold you back if anybody can write this book it's you well, thank you. It's really a piece of my heart. It's like everything that I've wanted to be able to tell people, like smashed into a book, yeah. you know, and that's, 
that's the greatest, greatest honor that like, and you know that like writing a book, it's like, do I really get to be with somebody for 200 pages? Yeah. That's amazing. It's That's wild. huge. So I am so excited for this to be in people's hands. So I obviously like the premise of the book is, is in the title and it's, it's something that we all need because we all, not only do we have the world telling us things, which we're going to get to, but we all have our own inner dialogue that's telling us we're not enough you're never gonna get there you're never gonna make it and from this so this is essentially helping people combat that yeah absolutely because I think like especially because what's crazy is that like you can have everything in the world going for you but if your mindset is wrong Mm -hmm. if the way that you are speaking to yourself is off balance like it doesn't matter. Like none of the success matters. You will still feel like even if God is using you in the biggest way that you are perpetually on the sidelines, you will miss everything that is actually happening in your daily life. And that's to me, like the scariest thing, the thing that I would save anybody from if I could. Well, and it can, you can be doing the biggest thing or you can do be, be doing the thing that you've always wanted to do. Like you can finally yeah. land where you know you've always been headed and then you get there and fear and doubt and lies, like steal it from you. Totally, totally, every day. And, and it's like, I think it's a continual thing because we get over one lie and then another one pops up. It's like weeds in a garden where it's like, I feel like I'm having to spend so much time pulling up weeds, but like, it's just a reminder that I constantly have to be keeping my mind right. And I, so that feels like leading into kind of what have you found to be your best kind of battle plan for combating those lies that are trying to They're trying to like take all of this from us. I think that probably the best thing that I've learned apart from like relentlessly like taking care of myself so that I can take care of others. I think I have had to in the last few years get like relentless when it comes to turning down the noise Mm. and volume of this world because it's only like, it's surrounding us more and more every single day. We are becoming more and more connected. And like, I guess I'm super aware of it now that I have a baby. Cause I'm like, Oh, I picked up my phone. Oh, I picked up my phone. You know, like you are aware that that child is like watching you. Yeah. Um, but I think that so long as I am looking to the internet or social media to tell me who I am, to tell me what I bring to the table, I will always be exhausted. I will always be tired. I will never be full because for a long time, and this was never intentional. This was not a place that I wanted to land, but I fell into this habit of kind of like rating myself like, oh, I could see somebody and I'd be like, oh, I'm more successful than they are or, oh, I'm not as successful as they are. And it would dictate my mood. And I'm like, not proud of that, but that's just the reality of like a world where you have a follower count, you yeah, know? Yeah. And I had to stop and be like, wait a minute, this is not why I got into this. This is not why God has planted me here. And so I've had to become like really rigorous in like making sure that the person that I meet with the most is God, mm. that I'm getting my marching orders from him. Because sadly, I feel like more and more Christians are like not looking to God. And like, that's why we're seeing so many just like 
fall off, yeah. you know, because it's like, wait, if you can't keep the main thing, the main thing, then like, how are we leading anyone into a life that has any kind of fullness to it? Yeah. Well, and I'm so thankful that you just said what everybody is thinking and what honestly yeah. so many people I'm sure are doing. Cause I know that I personally am guilty of that, that rating system. And it yeah. doesn't, I think some of us want to admit to it when it goes one way, it's very mm -hmm. pseudo hu humility to say, well, I just compare myself and I just think I'm just, I'm never going to measure up. But if we're being yep. Yep. honest, we're looking at other people's lives and going, oh, I'm killing it comparatively. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, where did that posture come from? Because anytime you saw it in the Bible, Jesus was like, hold up. Absolutely no, not. that's not it. Right. That's not it. Right. Like, you want to live your life? Great. And it's like, oh, okay, but I'll be over here being like, well, I mean, I have it way more together than this person. Exactly. And like, that's not how I'm called to look at people. Well, and it, is that the noise I want to be consuming? to me in 2020 noise is inevitable you are mm -hmm. you're there's going to be background noise if you're going to especially if you're going to be in this space in any capacity is yeah. that the noise I want contributing that I'm better or worse than people like it's enough yep, right to be absorbing all of these people's opinions and their lives and their highlight reels do I need to make it a rating system too I know right <laughs> I yes Amen, girl. But like, you got to do the work to come undone from that. Yeah. And it is, it's, it is work because, and you've said this phrase a few times of taking your thoughts captive. It, it's autopilot. We're functioning in autopilot on social media. I'm better. I'm worse. Oh, she's a mess. Oh, she's really killing it. But it's mind blowing to me because at the same time, like a lot of like the space that we're in and a lot of the space that I feel like if you're spending a large amount of time on social media, like you desire to create content. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's like, we can't look to one another to create the content we need to create. Like we need to know what is, what do we bring to the table? And you can only know that if you're willing to shut off and get away and get the distractions out of the way and dig deep into what's really inside of you. Like, mm -hmm. I just feel like we're, we're treating life like it's a spectator sport and I've never seen more like imitation than in 2020. Like TikTok is literally like a bunch of people learning dances that other people made up. And it's like, that's great. If you find out that you're actually a great dancer, that's amazing. But like, where are the great novels? Where are the great poems? Where are the movies and the productions and the people that, you know, like innovation. Right. Well, and it's, it, beyond just learning dances, it's using somebody else's voice clip to like make a video. Like, and I mean, there, there's a time and a place and it's funny and it's fun. Yeah. But I agree with you. And, and another aspect of that, that you touched on is, and I talk about this, I feel like it comes up almost every episode because I'm so passionate about it, but that we are a generation that treats Instagram like it's the Bible. Like we're getting our Jesus, we're getting our church, we're getting our Bible yeah. from Instagram. And it is totally. leading us astray. Yeah, no, because it, it's Instagram. And Instagram is just a thing right now. Who knows what it right. will be a few years from now. But like, I think it is that idea of like, people are chasing clout, which is ironic because if you're going to like, 
tie your beliefs to Jesus. And that should be the last thing that you're chasing is like followers, you know, like, and, but that's something you constantly have to check your heart. Like I've had to do it over and over again. I wrote a whole Bible study on being a follower of Jesus because there's such a desire to have followers rather than to follow closely. Mm -hmm. And like, I just think though, like that, it's empty. If at the end of the day you have thousands of followers, those people are not like, no offense. Some actually might be the ones to show up at 2am, but that'd be creepy and weird. But like the people that are following you on Instagram, like those are not your people. Those are not your people. Like unless you are actual people on Instagram, like that, that is the exception. Like my actual people follow me on Instagram, but they are not Instagram people. Like they're yeah. They, and they would know if you're not texting them back, but you're on Instagram, uh-huh. you know, it's like, oh, okay. I have my friends to like, keep me in check to be like, Hey, I haven't heard from you, but like you're over here putting your face all over the place. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And that, it's that is so wild. important. It, it's, this sounds wild to like actually use the words and say it, but I'm worried that people are so busy cultivating, creating a life online that they're missing the one that's happening right in front of them. Oh, 100%. Like it's happening every single day. And like, that's something that like over the years I've tried to become more disciplined in like setting boundaries and like coming up with practical ways to shut off because I don't want to miss my life. You know, like I don't want to miss the moments with my husband, the moments with my people. Like I don't want to just be burnt out and exhausted all the time because I'm, I'm online trying to keep up a persona. Like I just, and I think, I think more and more, like the thing I'm optimistic about is that maybe people are becoming burnt out by it. Like maybe more people are looking for like the cultivation of a real life. I can hope for that. I can be optimistic that maybe, maybe the pendulum will swing in the other direction, but like it's, it's real work. Like it has been a constant battle to say, no, 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 no. Like I'm going to be present to my life and my life is not happening exclusively on a screen. I feel like you do this really well though. I will say I being someone who (laughs) follows along with you and has for a long time, there are noticeable gaps of time where you are just not there. And I love that. I think that is so important. It's not like a, Oh, where'd she go? It's a, Oh, good. Like she's gone. Yes. You know? Well, and I, and that's what I, I guess that's like, that's a fear of mine though, that I feel like we've become so like trained to like be plugged in at all times. And like, even in like the last few weeks with everything with like the election, like we're talking at election time. And I just was like, there were moments where I was like, I just can't, I need to go light a candle. And like, I need to take care of like whatever is happening inside of me and like what happened to that like what happened to like taking care of ourselves and like it being okay if like you're gone for 24 hours or 48 hours and I honestly need to get better at it in the sense of like at the beginning of this year I would say up until probably pandemic um I was taking a sabbath every single week where I would get offline on Friday and I would come back sometime on Sunday. And I found more and more that like Sunday would come around and I'm like, no, I'll go back next hour, next hour, next hour. And then I think like the world fell apart and I 
felt like I needed to be on. I needed to know the news. I needed to know what was happening. And now I'm like, hold up, Hannah, you got a few, you got to, you got to get back into this rhythm of a Sabbath, giving yourself a break and realizing that it's not all right here on the screen, you know? So I think we're all always like works in progress in that. Oh, absolutely. And I I have this, my story of rest this year is exactly the same. Started out the year with hard and fast rest rules. And I was doing the same thing, getting off on Friday, getting back on Sunday. And then, like you said, the world caught on fire and it was literally, if you were gone for 24 hours, you missed a lot of news. Like yes, I saw Mm -hmm. a meme the other day that was, it was like God and an angel talking, which let's let's acknowledge theologically we know this is not how things work but it was like god and an angel talking and it was god saying oh did you plan out the next 10 years of content and the angel's like wait what and god's like they come to figure out that the angel slammed 10 years of history into one year into 2020 and god's like oh, oh god gosh. like like you slammed a decade worth of history into a year i mean that's how it's felt it's been that's what happened insane but I mean, last weekend, I swore I was check like, done. I took all the apps off my phone. I was logging off. And then they made some major political announcements. And I was you like, came back, girl. crap. You I came, came back. Oh, I came I back. You come back. And I came back <laughs> with my tail between my legs. I was like, look, guys, I, I suck. I'm sorry. I couldn't do Like, I'm back. I couldn't do it. I have no shame. But now I'm more tired because I didn't take that break last weekend mm. like I needed to. So other than actually like stepping away, what are some other like rest and taking care of yourself things that you've put into place? I mean, I think like if you're going to take something away, you need to put something else in place. And Mm -hmm. so like if I'm going to take a break, it's not so that I can watch a bunch of Netflix because that's to me the same kind of medium, you know? Yeah. Um, And so in this year, I mean, I've been reading a lot more, um, reading fiction, which for the longest time I was just like, no fiction is a waste of time because it's not teaching me how to improve my life. And then I reached a point where I'm like, I'm really tired of people telling me how to improve my life. Um, so it's, it's kind of finding like hobbies that make you come alive, you know, um, fighting for that rest within those hobbies. And so for me, it's like, it's reading and it's like going for hikes and it's making meals. Like one of my rhythms that I love is being able to like meal prep on Sundays and like, just be able to like shut off after a long day and like cook something with your hands. Yeah. Um, but like, I think that that's one of those ways in which you kind of like revive your spirit, you know? And then for me, I think too, I can always tell if I'm a little off. Like if I feel off, it probably means that like my time with God is just lacking, you know, like it's like, oh, well, I've opened up my phone, but like I've not opened up my Bible. And like that is like one of the the quickest things to recharge me. It's like, why, why, like I used to be like, I would do it every single day and I still like and pretty hardcore with it. But then you have a baby and you're like, okay, this is hard. Like it is hard to get in the amount of time that I got in when I was a single person. But at the same time, like, I just think back to like 
growing up, the reason that I feel like I am where I am today in my faith is I remember since being a little girl, every single morning, my mom would pull out her Bible and her notebook and she would sit there at the kitchen table every day, would not miss it. And I think, okay, well, it's time for me to model that to Mm. my little girl of like, that's the reason I'm a Christian is because I saw the fruit of it in my mom's life. She was never loud about it. She was never proud about it. She was never telling people what they needed to do every day. She showed up for God. And so that to me is like, that's like the main thing, the thing that I'm trying to keep at the forefront because it makes everything else just go a lot smoother when I feel like we have that communion. Oh, amen. I want to circle back. Reading fiction. I think it's changed my life this year. Right? Just getting lost in somebody else's world, Mm -hmm. in somebody else's story, turning my brain off, but being entertained. I need, tell me some fiction books you're reading. Oh my gosh. Or have read. I mean, there's so many. Um, have you read The Vanishing Half yet yes. by Britt Bennett? Okay, that was amazing. Oh my god. Um, I have like so many over here on my shelf right now that are coming up. American Dirt is on my list. Um, a burning I love, love, love Book of the Month Club. Oh, I don't know if you know about it, but it is oh my gosh. Like it was I think it's the thing that turned me back to fiction. Yeah. And so I get all of my books from there. And it's like every month it's a selection of books. Some are classics and some are books that are just about to come out. Um, and you get to pick whatever your book of the month is. And like, there's this whole category for like crazy women that like kill people, you know, like that's like, I love that (laughs) so much. So have you read the last time I lied? I don't think so. Oh my gosh. No, I read Sometimes I Lie, but that's a different. No, it's different. The last time I lied, I think I read it in literally a few hours. And it's a full novel. I ignored my whole family. Is it the most recent one that just came out? Because I think my mom might have just read it. I don't, I I think it might have come out this year. Okay, okay, yeah. That's the one I think my mom read. And she said it was really good. Those, and then I just blew through every single Lisa Jewell book. Yes, the family upstairs. The family upstairs. Oh, there's. I just finished. I did the family upstairs. Then she was gone. Watching (laughs) you. Gone. I've like blown through them. Have you done the silent patient yet? No, it's on my Goodreads list though. Gotta, you gotta do that one. That one. I was starting to lose some hope in the genre because I was like, okay. It's starting to become the same thing yeah. over and over and over again. And that one, it just restored my faith entirely. So <laughs> Okay, yeah. it's on my Goodreads list. So I'm going to have to <laughs> bump it up because Lisa Jewell just like took over everything for a little while. <laughs> I was just like, every time I finished one, I was like, next, next, next. But oh, that's the best. So like reading fiction, like bring back reading fiction. I like, I want to make like a pin and start a club because- it's really, and it, I started reading fiction during the pandemic because I just couldn't mm-hmm. take, mm-hmm. I could not take any more real serious life. real life. I just wanted to get lost. So I completely, reading fiction, finding hobbies and cooking. I'm right there with you. All of those things yeah. are just, just like doing things yes. rather than like watching other people do things, you know, like if that is not a mantra right there, 
doing things instead of watching other people do things. Like somebody used to put that on a t-shirt or something. That is so I'll let you do. <laughs> <laughs> Reading books. What a revelation. Right? You could read some books. Living in a life instead of watching someone else live. Yeah. And theirs. I'm the big thing now, as in the last 10 days is that I'm becoming a runner. That's <gasps> it. That's, oh. that's it. becoming a runner. Look so. at you. I think this is, so this is my third interview in the last two days and I think the last girl I interviewed said the same thing she's like I just became a runner it's just the year of just we're just picking up new just things running I'm yeah for it. and I I've got that runner's high I'm like oh but this is real like, <laughs> seven runs in and I'm hooked yes you're listening to the converge podcast network and now a message from a network supporter Okay, if you are a creative or a small business owner or you're in direct sales, you need to listen up because my course, Run Your Race, opens for registration on January 19th. The course only opens three times a year, so you're not going to want to miss it. And it is essentially a five-hour brain dump of all of the things that I have learned, the things that I have done wrong and had to learn how to do correctly to go from where I started two years ago to where I am today, being able to quit my full-time job and do this full-time. But it is all from a scripturally-based, non-hustle, non-self-centric place and it is teaching you to use your gifts to the glory of God and to run your race well. So if you are interested, if you want more information, you can head to crappychristianco.com slash course. It's also linked in the show description and you can get on the wait list. You can find out about the free masterclass. You can learn about the new optional affiliate marketing bonus module. All the things live there. Crappychristianco.com slash the next thing I wanted to talk about was this idea that is threaded through your book of this new year new you and that it's mm. not this you know the the calendar doesn't turn over and like Cinderella like bibbidi bobbidi boo you're a new person yeah. it's really brick by brick you know trusting God to put things together that are broken how have like you experienced or, or what have you learned about how God uses, like he uses those broken pieces to yeah. make us new, to do the like new year, new me thing. Yeah. I mean, I think that's huge. And for a long time, I did not know that or invest in that or really believe in that. I felt like I used to be like the poster child for the new year. You know, it's like never met a new year. I didn't love because I, I love change, you know? So it's like, you are going to tell me like, cause new year's is my favorite holiday and has nothing to do with the, um, with the ball dropping or putting on a sparkly dress. I just love that for 24 hours, everyone believes that maybe they could change. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that that's infectious. Yeah. Um, but it was in 2017 that was like a really rough year. Like for some people, 2020 will be the dumpster fire. Like 2017 was like my dumpster fire. Yeah. And I remember thinking, okay, like sweet new year. Goodbye, 2017. I am sprinting hard into something new. And the reality hit me very close to the new year of like, oh, 
actually just because a clock strikes midnight does not mean that like life is going to change. Hurt is going to be gone. Things that I am still hurt from in 2017 are magically not going to be there. And so I remember like sitting with my Bible because I always pick out a word for the new year. Me too. And I think I got that from you actually. I'm yeah, I'm pretty, pretty big evangelist for like going into the new year with a word rather than all these resolutions. And that night, that day specifically, um, I was led to this passage in Jeremiah and I always knew that God had planted, like had promised to like rebuild the city, but it said right there in the text, the city will be rebuilt on her ruins. And I was like, hold up. Like nothing in the Bible is accidental. Like no word is accidental. And so God intended to say that the city was going to be rebuilt on ruins. And here I am wanting to shove my ruins into a closet, never let them see the light of day, never tell people that I struggled with them. And God's like, no, actually, I want that to be the foundation for what I'm going to build upon. And so that kind of just like hit me in the face of like, oh, wait, like, this is not about discounting where I've been. It's about knowing that this is stuff that's actually making me that much stronger for what is to come. And I want to encourage a lot of people to do that at the start of this year, to look back on 2020, even if you don't want to, and be able to see like, okay, well, what happened? What changed? what did I learn? Where was the good in this? And like, where was the hard? And in the hard, what did I learn? Because if we don't look back, like we're just doomed to repeat what we've already been through. Yes. And I love that idea and like that picture in your mind of ruins. And I think of it, I, I see it as so many of us are trying to sweep them aside so that we can, and God can build something new. And God's like, no, no, no. Like, we're going to use it all, all of all. it. It's, it's a part of it. There's, we're not going to, I want, you know, I fully believe that God desires healing and restoration for us. And we can't do that if we're trying, if we're trying so vigorously to just swiffer it away, you know, we can't heal from things, but yeah, I, I can tell you, I, this year really has not been a terrible year for my family. Yeah. It's really we have had some huge victories. We have had wins, you know, quarantine was hard and, you know, scary, but it also was a time that like our family grew closer together because we were home, you know, you had to, you had right. to, yeah. <laughs> but there have been massive like losses for me personally and, and hurts and wounds. And I have that inclination to push it all to the side and, and look at what's coming and look at what God's doing and even look at the good that God's done. And in that process, what I end up doing is never healing from that stuff, never processing that stuff. You know, everybody is a work in progress and we're all growing. And this is an area that God's really grown me. And just even honestly, in the last few months that he, I feel like he's kept kind of gently turning my head back to it and saying, Hey, let's, like, let's look at this. Let's deal with these broken pieces because I've got something I want to do on top of it. Like there's, I've got something there's good, you know, I really do believe that God takes what the enemy meant for evil and uses it for good. But if we won't let him, like if we're so busy trying to ignore it, 
then that makes his job even more difficult. Whereas if we were just sitting there open-handedly like, hey, here's the broken crap. What are we going to, what are we going to do with it? It's like, I write in the book about just like, like consistently dragging it out mm-hmm. into the light, Ugh. even when you don't want to, right? It's because the like, worst. <laughs> I had an experience a few weeks ago. I've not told anybody this except for like my husband and like maybe a close friend of like several years ago, like I lost a good friend of mine. Like she's still living and walking around the planet and posting on Instagram, but like, we're not friends anymore, you know? And um, we don't ever talk about losing friends, which is weird because it hurts more than like romantic heartbreak. One like hundred percent, a thousand times more. So much it's time, like, so much worse. I feel like somebody has ripped vital organs yes. out of me. Yes, and I have been, I have been dealing with that. I have gone through forgiveness. I have done like all the things over the last few years, but something came up online as it always does the other day and I saw it and it just kind of hit me. It was like that gut feeling and it just pulled me down into a dark spiral. And I had this moment where I just was like, oh my gosh, I thought I was done with this thing. And I realized in that moment, like, wait a minute, like clearly there's still something here. I don't even know if this thing has to do with the friend anymore or the feeling underlying it, like what God is using to show me right now. But I need to start bringing this out into the light because if I'm always on the defense, then I'm always waiting for something to come along and just throw me off balance, right? But what can the enemy do if I choose to go on the offense? If I choose to say, I know you're probably going to try to bring this up in the day. So you know what? I'll bring it up first and Mm. I'll deal with it. And like, that has been so powerful for me to say, oh my gosh, like, no, I'm playing offense now. I'm not playing defense anymore. I'm not going to be in maintenance mode. I'm going to deal with all of it. And then let's see what happens. And that has just been lighting my faith up of like, we got to deal with it because like, girl, when we don't deal with it, something's going to happen down the road. And like, it's going to steal from us because we didn't just say here, God, like you have it, you know? Yeah. Like I actually just walked through the same exact thing. I love that you were like, she's not dead, but <laughs> Like she's still posting on Instagram, but we're not friends anymore. Like exactly the same situation. Like to the point where people who have followed me for a long time on Instagram are like DMing me like, yo, what's did some, you know. Oh, that's uh, so hard. It's the best. It's the best. You were tangled really close. We were completely embedded, like fabric, you know, and that it was like ripping apart a piece of fabric. And I did exactly what we were just talking about. Of like, it's fine I'm fine like this isn't devastating this isn't ripped out an internal organ and it's like laying pulsing on the ground and then exactly what you said somebody sends one of those dms where they're like hey I was just wondering whatever happened with xyz oh and you're like (gasps) you're like laid out and then it's exactly what you said where you're laying like literally laid out and you're going oh okay I I haven't dealt with this at all okay like, <laughs> oh, I feel it, girl. I feel it. Like, it's, but, oh. and it's kind of what I was alluding to when I was talking about God's teaching me a lot about this right now. Is that <laughs> by 
I'm starting to unclench my hands. I'm starting to be willing to face the really like what first of all, why is best why are best friend breakups a hundred times worse? This is a hundred times worse than any boyfriend breakup I've ever had. Ever. I don't get it. I don't know why. It's awful. You don't like kiss and like cuddle. Right. You know, but like it's yeah. I think you want to know what my theory is of why it's so much harder. I think it's because we were raised to believe that best friends were forever. And you had those dumb little necklaces that hooked into a heart. And I don't know why, but I just, I guess I naturally thought that once I hit adulthood, I would get to the point where friendships didn't end, right? When you have told somebody all of your deepest, darkest secrets, and then it is no more, you're like, there is somebody walking around this planet with all of my secrets inside of them, jangling around like change. And like, I, I, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. And even uh, it's, even if I do, like, I trust that person to not share my stuff. It's still out there. It's still like out there walking around. And like, Mm -hmm. we're like, so I think as women, we just naturally so deeply embed ourselves into one another's lives. Like guys just don't do that. They just don't. don't. They don't. And we just naturally over the course of time become literally like sewn into one another's lives and I don't know if you've ever tried to rip a piece of thick fabric apart oh it's yeah but it's hard and there's frayed pieces and parts of each other come with it and it's just I hope if nothing else I hope that this just offers solidarity to the people that are listening that because you and I are not the only ones like we are no, not the only we don't, people. Why is it like this secret club that no one talks about? Like I know. whenever I talk about it online, it's like I'm bringing up some new invention that no one's ever heard of. Right. They're like, oh my gosh, no one has ever said that before. And it's like, why? Like, why don't we talk about this more? Because I feel like a lot of people are carrying around these hurts and these pains, especially in like an age of like ghosting where it's like, if you're tired of somebody, you could just be like, peace out. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Well, and I do, I think there's probably a part of it that is like a desire to protect the other party, you know, that that it doesn't get talked about a lot, but there's a way, I think you and I, you and I've done this very gracefully, you know, there's a way to have these conversations. And so, yeah. I mean, speaking of broken pieces, I think that there are probably a lot of people listening who have broken pieces that are collateral damage from the ending of friendships or relationships. Mm. And But you see, we're able to sit here and talk about it. And I think that that's probably going to be for somebody else. And I think, well, a few years ago, I didn't have this experience. Like, now, when someone comes to me and says, like, I lost a friend, I could be like, oh, like, I know that feeling of like wanting to vomit when that person's name is brought up. And it's like, you know, one of the most valuable things that I read, I don't even, I've, I've tried to find where I read it for years since, not years, months, that's dramatic, um, years or months since I read it was like that, where did we ever get this idea that like friendships were meant to last forever, that like they don't sometimes operate in seasons like everything else, you know? And like, that was so freeing for me to see like that sometimes we just kind of like, we serve the purpose we're meant to serve in each other's lives. And then we are meant to like, let that person go, wish them light and love, and then let them go, you know, 
easier said than done. But like, if I get down to the nitty gritty of me, like, I don't want bad for that person's life. It just hurts and stings because it comes up and rubs up against the lie that I want to believe that I'm not worthy of being in that person's life, you know? So like where I had to learn, like friendship ended, but what I realized is that I never dealt with how that brokenness impacted the way that I showed up in the world. That from that point forward, I was showing up on eggshells and God never called me to that. But like, I was like refusing to deal with it. Like, and gosh, I'm so glad that I finally got to the point of dealing with it. I still feel like I'm still dealing with it, you know, but like, that's what we have to like, like, I think like where it says in the Bible, like, you know, like we throw off the things that are hindering us. Like, unless we just get real, we sometimes don't even know, like, okay, it's not even about a broken friendship. It's about that limp that I developed from that, you know? I'm sorry. Are you reading my journals? (laughs) I am. I think you might be. I literally just said to my husband yesterday, I feel like I'm starting to not walk with a limp a little bit. I feel like I'm finally, right? Like I'm limping a lot less. The limp only only comes up a little bit, but, but healing isn't linear. And you know that you talk about that a ton with, you know, we've your last episode on the show, which was forever ago was all about mental health. Cause you're super about mental health, that healing from in mental health, healing from grief, trauma, pain, loss. It's not linear. And I don't kind of the same way we've been indoctrinated to believe that like BFFL <laughs> lie we've also been taught this like once you heal from it like you're good you you graduate right and that's where we all stop sharing because we think I should be over this by now like I have this one friend who you know like I tried this like I tried really hard to like get over it and not talk about it anymore but just because you don't talk about it doesn't mean it's not there And I remember this one friend who is like, she's been such a great example of like how to show up for somebody. Like she knew what I was going through and she would just take moments and like, they'd come randomly. I'd get a random text from her when we were together. She would constantly tell me you're a good friend. Like she would speak that over me because she knew that I needed to hear it. And I think to myself, like, I want to be able to do that for other people because just because you've gone through something or dealt with something or come out on the other side of it does not mean that you're not still triggered by certain lies or that person popping up in your feed or whatever it is. And so it's like, we need those people that are going to say like, Hey, like, I know you think this, but like, that's not who you are. And I just want to remind you of who you are. And we need those people And I say this all the time. If you don't have it, go be it. If you don't have that person in your life, that doesn't mean, you know, I think we have this entitlement thing. Well, I don't have it. So I'm not going to do that for other people. No, that's you're, (laughs) you're robbing yourself from the experience of being that for somebody else. And you're robbing a person that needs that. And so I I always say in situations like this, if you don't have it, go go be it it. right now. Make the sign. Stand by the roadside. Amen. Cheer for people. Mm -hmm. And that's like what we were saying about like, okay, like sometimes we can get into like a rating system where it's like, oh, I'm more put together than that person. I'm not put together because like that thing, you can fall from your pedestal very quickly. You come across some little starlet on the internet and you're like, 
oh gosh, I, I don't even know what I'm doing with my life, mm-hmm. you know? And I think what the way that I've learned to combat those up and down feelings is by becoming a cheerleader, is Amen. by saying that like, I lose nothing by cheering for this person, but I lose everything by deciding that I'm going to be silent about it, you Amen. know? And it's like, it doesn't mean you have to feel it. It doesn't mean that you have to be like, oh my gosh, I'm really feeling this. But like, fake it till you make it is like my mindset. And like, that doesn't mean like some people, there are some people that I would tell you, hey, like probably for your mental health, you should unfollow that person. And it's okay to follow unfollow people in 2020 or 2021. But sometimes the remedy is being able to show up and cheer for that person because deep in you, you want good for that person. There's just a fear resounding in your brain that there's not enough to go around. Amen. That somehow the meal will be served and you will be left with the crumbs. Mm-hmm. And that is just a mindset and a mentality that we have to break. And being a cheerleader is kind of my most favorite thing. Now that I've gotten into a groove of it and I'm going to share my secrets, I have reminders set in my phone that rotate out every couple of weeks to remind me to check in on people, to pray for people, to ask them like what's going on or to, to cheer them on and what they're doing. And that doesn't mean make it less impactful. It doesn't make it in general. No, it doesn't at all. It makes it so that it actually happens. Because exactly. I will forget. If I am going to yep. go based mm-hmm. off of exclusively when someone pops into my head. Oh, yeah. It's just it's never going to happen because my my mind is a mess but yeah I that's one of my favorite things was just like destigmatizing the idea that that was really mechanical and ingenuine and saying no this helps me be intentional with my people and so I have an alarm that goes off that tells me to check on my best friend of 10 years you know and I have another one that, that tells me that. to every couple of months is there a new, like a new way I can be praying for you? You know, and I think that those are really practical, tangible things that we can do to be better friends and cheerleaders for people. Amen. I mean, my thing right now is just like I Venmo people coffees and yes. cocktails. Like it's my job. So yes. it's like if you pop into my head, I just then go ahead and send you like $5 for a cup of coffee or like if I see somebody on Instagram and I'm like, oh, okay, their story looks like they've had a long day. I'm going to send them a glass of wine, you know? And I think that was something like what transformed for me was like, especially with Instagram stories, I found that I was consuming a lot of stories, but then I was just like, kind of feeling like it just pushed me more to the sidelines. It made me feel like I was on the sidelines and I shifted that to say, okay, like I went like about like 30, 40 days, not watching any stories at all, which was very liberating. Yeah. Um, And when people would pop up, because what Instagram tries to do is like, oh no, you're not watching stories. Like we'll change up the faces. We'll change. We're going to try to get you. And so as they would pop up, I would take that as a sign to pray for them or to check in with them or encourage them. And like, that was a game changer for me. I've definitely found more of a balance now with the stories, but for a long time, it's like, you can get so engulfed in a story. You're just like not living your own story, you know? hundred percent. Well, I mean, this is one of the longest interviews I've done in a really long time. And I, we could just keep going and I, 
love it. And I know that everybody that's listening is like, no, you don't have to end it. But my editor is probably like, all right, girl. Finish it. Gone 20. We'll come back for a part three. Part three with Hannah Brencher. Tell people before we go where they can find you and follow you. I'm sure they can get your book wherever they get books, but where can people yep. find and follow you? Yep. Everything is at Hannah Brencher, hannahbrencher.com. The book is Fighting Ford. Go out and support your local bookstore, yes. your indie bookstore. Come on, guys. Shop small. Shop small always. And if you don't, if you can't find a local bookstore, I always say, just go ask your library. They all, yeah. the librarians always know the local bookstores. I promise. That's where I found and out my favorite. And if you favorites. can't do that, then order it off Amazon and donate it to the library. Ooh, good call. I donate <laughs> a lot of books to the library because I get a lot of books podcasting. And so they like know me now. Once I'm done reading them, I just like show up with a box. We have little free libraries all over you our neighborhood. Like, I just utilize those. I love it. Hannah, thank you so much. This was such a fun conversation. It was so good to catch up with you. And yeah, I'm so excited to, yeah, just to keep following you and cheering you on. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right. See you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.